0: Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The O.C. Movement. Good morning, Movement Church. So glad you are here this morning. I really believe that God wants to do something um, amazing in this place so i hope you're ready but before we dive into our our sermon series for today i just want to tell you about something that's coming up um in the month of november can you believe we're almost in november We are almost there, you guys. And in November, we do something every year that I would love to just invite you to be a part of. We do what we call our Give Hope Offering. And our Give Hope Offering is taking place on November 17th and 24th. And and what this is, is this is a special offering. It's above and beyond the tithe. The tithe is us returning to God, the part that is his. And offering is me saying, God, what more would you have me do? And every year in November, we take the time to make a specific, investment in the next generation, to specifically say, what can we do as a church to make a difference in the kids in our world globally, here locally, and here in this house at the Movement Church? So I just want to tell you, this is coming up, and I'd like to invite you to just be praying and and asking God, God, what would you have me do? You know, in this offering, what we're going to do is a portion of it is going to go to our, our site, our Movement Church site, that's in Otandwini, Swaziland, and we're so excited excited because what we're going to do there is throw the biggest Christmas party ever for our kids that are at our care site there and a part of the movement church there. They wouldn't get Christmas if it wasn't for the investment that the movement church makes. And so we're excited to be a part of that. And then also here. In this house, in this church, we are investing part of that offering to go into our movement kids ministry, to invest in our next generation because we believe they're the leaders and we're equipping them right now for what God has for them to do. And And then we're also going to invest in kids locally. I know that when you look around Orange County, it, it might surprise you, but there's so many people that are living below the poverty line. And what we're doing is partnering with some local elementary schools to identify those families. And we're gonna do our second annual Give Hope Store on December 14th. You're yelling because you were here last year. And if not, you can come be a part of it this year. But we're gonna basically set up shop for the parents in our community to come and get Christmas gifts for free because we're gonna do all that work for them. And and we're gonna make sure that the kids in our area get to experience Christmas. And so this is what we do at the Movement Church. It's part of our heartbeat. And I just wanna ask you to be praying and getting ready and saying, God, what would you have me do to be a part of that? So you're gonna get one of these on the way out. It'll answer all your questions. And uh, let's see what God wants to do through the Movement Church this year, amen? Amen. I'm gonna hand this off because I have nowhere to put it. And we're going to dive in today to our series. We started a, a brand new series last week called Not Alone. And uh, if you are here, you got to hear Pastor Kerry, my husband, share some of his story. I forgot to introduce myself. If you're new with us today, <laughs> my name's Megan. My husband Kerry and I are some of the pastors here. And he is actually preaching in Centralia, Illinois today, this little town in Illinois. So he's done a great job. I got lots of text messages about it. So you get me. Thanks. I needed the affirmation. <laughs> you get me today. But last week he shared his story about some of his battle with feelings of depression and feelings of anxiety. And, um, you know, the series that we are, we're going into, really our hope is to tackle the issues that isolate us the most and to have some of the conversations about depression and anxiety, suicide, Next week, we have a guest speaker who lost her mom to suicide, and she's going to come and and have that conversation with us because we feel like the conversation is crucial to have in the church. And our goal isn't to solve all the problems, but our goal is to start the conversations, to create a safe place for for people who are struggling, and maybe that's you, to share, to find resources, and, and hopefully point you in the right direction. So that's our goal here. And last week when Pastor Kerry shared his story, we shared with you, we are not licensed counselors or therapists. That is not our job title, but we are pastors. So today we're just gonna share with you, I'm going to share with you from a a pastoral perspective as we talk about what it looks like to navigate feelings of depression and feelings of anxiety. And you know, these feelings, they can be clinical, which maybe that means there's something that are ongoing. And it's been happening for a while. Maybe there's a chemical imbalance or something that you have battled and, and it's ongoing. It's a clinical diagnosis. Or maybe it's circumstantial. And There's things that you are walking through or have walked through that have caused you to have to navigate feelings of depression and feelings of anxiety. And either way, those feelings can be overwhelming and they can be exhausting. And so I just want to take a moment today to talk about it. Psalm 61 says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the towering rock of safety. I just believe God has some answers for you today and more than anything, hope. So can I take a moment and pray for us before we dive in? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Lord Jesus, I just, I thank you for every person who's in the room today. God, I know it's not by accident that anyone's here. God, I don't know every story, but you do. And you know every situation that people are walking through, the things that feel overwhelming, the things that feel crippling. God, I just, I ask that today, God, that you would just lean in close to each and every one of us. God, that you would fill us with hope for the future. And God, that we would know that you are with us and we are not alone. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, this last week, as I was preparing to preach this message, um, we knew I was going to preach for a while. And, and so I was getting geared up and, and really searching and doing the research to make sure that I could uh, bring to the table, as I shared with you, some insight and some information on how to really navigate feelings of depression and feelings of anxiety. And, and I was doing all the research and, and trying to get everything together. But I just have to be honest with you this last week for me personally was overwhelming on every level. You know, we're in the middle of some really exciting things. We're getting geared up and excited for our first She Conference that's happening on November 8th and 9th. If you're not cheering, it's because you don't know, and you need to know. You need to get a ticket and be in the room, because I'm just telling you, we're, we're getting pumped up about what God is going to do November 8th and 9th at the SHE Conference, and, and I sure would love it if you were there with us and bring some friends, because God's going to do something amazing, but I've been getting excited for what God wants to do in and through this conference. And we've been doing all the work. And let me just tell you, it's a lot of work and it's a, a lot of pressure. So feeling that too with the excitement. And and then with that, I finally finished something that I've been talking about doing for 20 years. 20 years, I finally finished it, and I was so excited, like just overwhelmed, like, oh my goodness, I finally did it, but in the middle of all of the amazing things that are happening, in the middle of the good, in the middle of the excitement, I still found myself overwhelmed because simultaneously, we're walking with people through crisis, there's a, there's a lot of people in our world who, who we're just walking with through crisis, through some tremendous pain and, and loss. And I had a conversation this week with a good friend on the phone and, and she was facing a health scare. And, and honestly, it felt a little overwhelming and possible upcoming surgeries and all the things that are involved in that. And, and I prayed with her on the phone on Tuesday night and And immediately when I hung up the phone on Tuesday night, I got a call from my mom. And my mom began to share with me that my grandpa wasn't doing well. My grandpa is my dad's dad. And for those of you who don't know, I lost my dad 12 years ago. And he passed away, fought a a battle with cancer for years. And so my dad's dad has been put into hospice. And my mom calls me and she's crying. And she's overwhelmed because this is her last last parent figure in her life, last grandparent figure in her life, and she's facing the imminent loss that is ahead of us, and I, I listened to my mom cry, and I, I mustered up all the strength that I could on the phone, <clears throat> and I prayed with her, and I got off the phone, and, and I was picking up my daughter, and she got in the car, and I just kind of held my hand up, and the tears began to come, it was overwhelming for me, because to imagine my grandpa going on to be with Jesus is kind of like the last touch with my dad, and I found my heart just heavy. Maybe you can relate. And I, I went to sit down Wednesday morning to write this message, and I was like, God, I I just feel this heaviness, this like overwhelming sadness. It's hard to think. It's hard to even move forward, and. I just wonder, maybe you can relate. Maybe maybe you can relate. Maybe for you, this is a clinical thing that you've dealt with for a long time. Maybe like me, it's circumstantial, but you can relate to the feeling of just of heaviness. Pastor Kerry described it last week like a, a wet blanket that's just sitting on top of you. And the pressure's real and the feelings are real and all of it is trying to steal your joy. And that's why when we, we stand in this room during the time of worship, you watch. I'm standing in the front with my hands high, and that's just simply the sign of surrender because I know that I am helpless on my own. I am not enough on my own, and and I sing that song about choosing to praise that, yes, I will, even in the lowest valleys. Yes, I will. Even when my heart is heavy, I'm going to choose to praise, to glorify the name of Jesus because it's all that I know how to do, and that's why I sing with everything that's inside of me because I understand that sometimes there's moments where we walk through valleys and our heart feels heavy and it feels like darkness is going to swallow us up. But regardless of the feeling, I can choose to praise because God is still good and he's still on the throne. And that's why I sing with all my heart. The reason I choose to tell my story is, listen, church, there is something freeing that happens when we choose to share when we choose to have conversations, when we're willing to talk about things. But why is it so hard to share our feelings? Are we worried about rejection? Are are we worried about what people are gonna think about us? Are we worried about looking weak? Do we feel like we always have to be strong and have everything together? You know, I have a friend whose dad told him all of his life growing up, real men don't cry. And every time he was in pain and every time he was hurting, his dad would say, suck it up, suck it up, real men don't cry. And and to this day, he has the hardest time expressing his feelings and his emotions. And, And the problem is, if we don't share, we isolate. And we talked about last week that isolation is the devil's playground. It is the place he wants to get you where you are locked in a prison, left to yourself, feeling like no one else could ever possibly understand. And that lie from the enemy will rob you of anyone else being able to help you because you're left to your own feelings, your own opinions, and your own conclusions. And so the goal is, is that we've got to learn how to share, how to have the conversations. You know, when I was in fourth grade, I was roller skating. Did anybody else have roller skates growing up? A couple of people are old enough in the room. Okay. So I was roller skating outside and I fell down and brilliantly the lights went off. Awesome. Here's the deal. I'm gonna pause real rabbit trail for a minute. Let me just tell you, I believe God has a word for you today. And so Everything that could possibly ever go wrong on a Sunday has happened today, because I think the enemy just wants to distract us. So if the mic quits and the lights go out, we're still going to have church. Can I just preface that? So just get ready and ignore any distractions, because I think God has a word for you, okay? All right, back to what I was talking about. So I was roller skating, and I fell down and brilliantly caught myself with my wrist, and it snapped Ouch. And, and I had to be raced to the emergency room. And I can, I can remember sitting in the car with my arm on a pillow and, and I was like pale as a ghost and every bump hurt. And we went to the emergency room and, and the orthopedic surgeon came in and did all the things to my arm and eventually set my arm in a neon pink cast And in fourth grade, that was the best thing ever because I could not wait to go to school the next week and show off my neon pink cast. You know why? Because everybody was going to ask me what happened and I got to tell the story. I was so excited about it. And then I got to have everybody sign my neon pink cast. And it was amazing. I wasn't ashamed of it at all. If I have a cough and I'm walking around church, (laughs) I might tell you, oh, you might want to stand back. I have a little bit of a cold. But if you were to offer me some chicken noodle soup or if you were to go get me a medicine ball from Starbucks, you would be my best friend. I'd be so grateful to have your help if I was struggling. You see, it's easy to see when someone is struggling with a physical ailment, it's not as evident when it's emotional. For some reason, we don't like to talk about it when it's emotional too. And maybe you're here in the room and, and maybe you have a loved one that's been struggling with feelings of depression or feelings of anxiety. And I, I just would say, even though it's not as evident, there are some warning signs you can look for. There are some red flags that you can look for. One of those might be just, doesn't, they don't seem to care about anything anymore. They just are in this place of not feeling like they care. Maybe they're in a place of, having a real negative outlook on life, frequently complaining of aches or pains, maybe sleeping less than usual, maybe sleeping more than usual, maybe eating more or less than usual, maybe drinking more. And I would just encourage you, if, if you'll keep your eyes open to the people that are in your world and, and just pay attention, there's some questions that you can ask. And, and really, all we need when we're in the middle of struggling with overwhelming feelings is somebody to say, I- I'm here to listen. What's going on? And then on the other side, we've got to be willing to share and to have the conversation because otherwise we get locked in a prison of isolation. You see, I look at depression and anxiety like I would look at a physical ailment. To heal a, a physical sickness, sometimes prayer works and you're healed. We've got men and women in our church that could tell you their story of how God miraculously healed their body Sometimes, lifestyle changes are necessary, and changing diet or exercise, it actually makes the difference in your body heals over time. Sometimes, the doctors help to provide tools like bandages or s- stitches because you're bleeding out, or, or maybe a cast like I got on my arm in fourth grade. And eventually you heal over time. And sometimes you need medication, sometimes for a season and sometimes for a lifetime. And mental struggles are treated in the same way. But for some reason, there is often a stigma attached to seeking healing, which creates a a barrier for people to feel safe even talking about it, so they isolate. But it's healed similarly. Sometimes prayer and digging into the Scripture is all that's needed. Listen, I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the Word of God and, and what it can do in our life. Sometimes adding exercise and changing your diet or limiting your screen time is all that is needed to help change the brain chemistry that's going on. Sometimes you need a therapist to provide insight and and to offer tools that will help you heal. And sometimes with those tools, a therapist might recommend seeing a psychiatrist who will prescribe medication maybe for a season or maybe for longer. But the church, unfortunately for so long, has contributed to this shame and this stigma. And I'm so sorry for that. You know, if someone is physically sick, we don't ever say, well, you just need to pray a little bit harder or probably need to read your Bible a little bit more or you need to have a little bit more faith. And how do I even do that? Like squeeze my eyes tighter? I don't know. We don't say that if somebody is sick. No, we say, okay, go to the doctor and let's keep praying. Go to the doctor and let's keep praying for what God wants to do. You know, in talking with, with several friends who are uh, licensed counselors, we've got several amazing people in this church, I just was talking to them about feelings of depression and anxiety, and I do want to say right here in this service that as I'm talking, there might be some things that that maybe you're battling and nobody else knows about. And I would just encourage you to take a moment. They're going to put a number on the screen behind me. And and if you're here, you don't have to do this right now, but at any point during service, you can text the word hope to the number that's on the screen. And, and what we're going to do is... Uh, just send you a survey and, and ask you if you'd like a pastor to reach out to you or if maybe we can provide you with some resources. And can I just challenge you? Don't be quiet. Don't walk through this alone. That's what we're here for as a church. So maybe just take a moment today and text the word hope so that we could be a part of that journey with you. But in talking to my friends, and talking about these feelings of anxiety and feelings of depression, we, we just really talked about the fact that sometimes these These feelings stem from beliefs or lies about either who we are, if we're loved, whether or not we're safe, or if we can actually trust others. And one of the most helpful things you can do is to identify where these beliefs developed. Specific moments, maybe seasons of emotional pain from our past. In fact, one of the greatest questions you can ask yourself is, When was the first time I remember feeling this way? When was the first time I remember feeling this way? Because often anxiety stems from violations of of safety or trust in our lives. You know, Pastor Kerry so bravely shared his story last week and, and shared about how he was raised. And he was raised by an incredible mom and dad who loved him so much, who loved God so much, but Kerry shared that he had some moments in his childhood where he was sitting in a car and he didn't know where he was going to sleep the next day. He didn't know where he was going to sleep that night. He didn't know what they were going to have to eat as a family because they were struggling so much financially. And he shared his story and what that was, was a loss of safety and security. He didn't know who he could trust, and in that moment, he felt like this is all up to me. As a kid, it was that feeling of this is all up to me, and it contributed to feelings of anxiety. You know, I, I did some self-evaluation for myself about why do I struggle with feelings of anxiety when that pressure comes and sits heavy on my chest? What is that for me? When was the first time I remember feeling that way? And, and I, I feel like I struggle with anxiety when I feel like I'm out of control. Because if I'm out of control, I might get hurt, and I don't want to be hurt. And I remembered back to being a teenager, and I was kind of the kid in uh, class who was the goody-goody. I know you're all surprised at that. <laughs> and and I, I probably, I saw everything in black and white, and I think I told everyone about that. So that was challenging. But I can remember a season as a teenager when, when my friends were leaving me out of the things that they were doing. Maybe they just didn't want my black and white opinion. I don't know, but I felt really left out, real rejected and and like I didn't belong. and, And I didn't like the way that made me feel. I didn't like the pain that I was feeling. So to control that situation, I decided that I was going to be friends with all of the people that nobody else wanted to be friends with. And so I began to make friends with all of the people that no one else wanted to be friends with. And you're like, well, good job. Yeah, my motive wasn't great. And so I was doing this and and I had some friends now around me, but I also felt like now I'm better than these other people because I'm doing something that they're not doing. It was a means of control because I didn't want to feel pain. So when I battle with feelings of anxiety, I can identify that it's a means of control, that I'm trying to control something so I don't have to feel pain. What is it for you? I would just ask, could you ask yourself those questions? When my feelings stem from a lack of trust, my general reaction is to blame. I can point my finger at what everybody else is doing wrong, but I struggle to take ownership for my own feelings. And often, depression stems from violations of love or identity. And Pastor Kerry shared with you last week how he was placing his identity in his accomplishments, in his influence. And he was constantly plagued with the feeling or the belief that I am not enough. And that feeling was fueling feelings of depression. You see, violations of love generally create a shame about who we are. And we internalize. We don't necessarily blame others, but we shame ourselves. And that usually causes people to want to just numb out and not have to deal with that kind of pain. And it can lead to isolation and feelings of depression. So I just want to challenge you. If you're here and you're struggling, could you maybe identify the belief or the lie that you've been identifying with? Where did that develop? When was the first time you can remember feeling that? You're going to have to do some soul searching and it it may not be easy and you don't have to do it alone, but the most essential thing for change is to name that belief. You see Feelings of anxiety and depression are simply how we cope when we're operating out of a place of emotional pain and we're buying into the lies created from our past experience. Then our brain responds to emotional pain the same way it responds to physical pain, either in fight or flight mode. And we revert to doing exactly what we learned to do as children through our experiences, which maybe served us for a time, but now what it's doing is creating a cycle, an endless cycle of depression and anxiety. But the good news is, and this is a quick neuroscience lesson for you, our brains are plastic, believe it or not. Our brains are plastic. That means they are always changing and they're changeable. So regardless of the origin of anxiety or depression, the way out is still the way out. And so when we begin to reinforce certain pathways in our brain, the stronger those pathways will get and the easier it will be for our brain to choose them. Has anybody ever been hiking? couple of you. When I go hiking, I tend to follow a trail. And I can follow the trail that has been carved out, or I can follow the trail that other people have blazed before me. And you know when somebody has, has gone kind of off the major trail, and they've made their own trail, and the more people that walk that new trail, the easier it gets and the clearer it gets to see it, you guys know what I'm talking about? And it's like the, the bushes are cleared and there's a, a clear direction to go and you can easily follow that path. The more that people have walked that path, the easier it is for me to walk that path, right? So the best thing that we can do with our brains, which are, Changing constantly is begin to create some new pathways for them to go down, to find ways to reinforce the truth about who you are again and again and again. And what that will do will, it will eventually build new pathways in your brain and help you choose connection and self-worth instead of depression and trust and peace instead of anxiety. And this there's a process that goes into this. And I, I'd like to share a couple Simple steps with you today that maybe you could take away and apply in your own life. But listen to me, some of you might be in a season right now where you cannot do this by yourself where you actually are going to need the help of others to walk this out. Maybe it's a therapist or counselor. Maybe it's a spiritual leader in your life. You need to know that if you're not strong enough to do it by yourself, you're not alone. There are people available to walk this out with you. But one of the ways we build these new pathways in our brain is we we do four things. So if you're taking notes, I would challenge you to write this down. Number one is we name the feeling or the belief that we've been identifying with. What is that thing that is constantly on the soundtrack of your mind? Is it the, I'm not enough? Is it, I'm not safe? Is it the feeling of, I'm alone? Nobody else understands? What is the, what is the feeling or the belief that you've been identifying with? We gotta name it out loud. And then number two, we've got to begin to recognize and name how we're coping with that belief. So what's happening when you're feeling that? Are you feeling anxiety, like a heavy pressure on your chest, just waiting for the hammer to drop and everything to fail? Are you battling with feelings of depression where you just want to isolate, be by yourself, numb out so you don't have to feel the pain? What is the thing that you're doing to deal with that feeling or belief? So we've got to name it and we've got to identify what is the thing that we are doing right now in the middle of this feeling. And then number three is we've got to say the truth. We've got to say the truth. And I'm going to help you a little bit more with this, but listen to me. The Bible is the word of God. It is the absolute 100% truth that you can build your life upon. And if you don't know the truth, I'm going to try to help you a little bit today to discover the truth, because I believe that saying the truth out loud is part of a key to creating a new mental pathway for your mind. So we've got to name it. We've got to talk about what we're doing right now to identify with that. And then we've got to say the truth. So maybe the truth for you is I am not alone. God is with me. His word says, he won't leave me or forsake me he will not abandon me maybe that is the truth that you need to begin to speak out loud maybe the truth for you is to understand that you are fearfully and wonderfully made that you are God's workmanship created through him to do good works which he prepared in advance for you to do maybe you need to know that the Bible says that that so you can speak it and begin to believe it you got to say the truth and number four is you've got to say what you're gonna do instead So maybe it's, I'm going to reach out for support from others instead of further withdrawing and isolating. Maybe for some of you, it's, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to work out and burn off some of this extra steam. Maybe for some of you, it's calling a friend and having somebody to pray with. Maybe it's journaling and writing down all the things that you're thankful for instead of all the things that you're worried about. So one of the ways that we can begin to rework these mental pathways in our minds is to number one, name the belief, the lie that we've been identifying with. Number two, to recognize how I'm coping right now. Number three, to say the truth. And number four, to say what I'm going to do next time. You see, I just want to hang here for the few moments that I have with you. I'm a pastor and So, the one thing I know that I can do is help teach you how to find and use the truth of God's word to combat the lies of the enemy in your life. There is power in the word of God. Now, listen, I don't know what you might be struggling with. And the one thing that I do know is that we need one another. We need conversations. Sometimes we need therapy. Sometimes we need medication. Sometimes for seasons. sometimes for a long time. And that is okay. There are some things that you're gonna deal with naturally, but do not be deceived. It is not just a natural battle that you are fighting. You are fighting a spiritual battle as well. You need to understand that as much as there's a real God in heaven who loves you, there's a real devil who wants to rob you of purpose. He wants to take away everything that you were created to do and he is working overtime to make sure that you do not accomplish it you need to understand that you are in a real battle but you do not have to be afraid because we know that we have the victory because of what Jesus has done for us we know that the word of God says, I don't battle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the darkness of this world. And what that means is this is a battle that I can fight, and God has equipped me with how to fight it. Ephesians 6 tells us to put on the full armor of God. It says, you put on the full armor of God. Listen, our military would never go out to war without getting dressed without gearing up and being prepared, they wouldn't do it. And you and I shouldn't do it either as a Christ follower because we are fighting a real spiritual battle. It is not just what you see in the flesh. There is something happening spiritually that you are up against every single day of your life, but you have the power to fight this battle and you are not fighting alone. Listen, when you put on the full armor of God, the Bible says to put on the breastplate of righteousness to put on the belt of truth, to put on the shoes of the gospel of peace, to put on the helmet of salvation, to renew our minds, to take up the shield of faith that will fight the fiery darts of the enemy, that nothing that he throws at us shall prosper. And then we pick up the sword of the Spirit. It's the one offensive weapon that the Bible tells us that we have. Everything else is protection. Everything else is holding things together. But the sword of the spirit, this is the weapon that God has given us. And do you know what the sword of the spirit is? It is the word of God. So maybe you don't know what the Bible says. But listen to me, you got to begin to learn it because the word of God is the one weapon you have to fight the lies of the enemy, to silence the lies and the whispers that you're not enough, to silence the lies that tell you that you're alone, to silence the lies that say that you're not going to make it, that this is just too bleak. The sword of the spirit is the one thing that you have to fight this spiritual battle that you are in. And you need to understand that it is all you need. You got to know the word of god you got to speak the word of god because when we do this this is how we fight our battles this is how we tear down the lies of the enemy and by speaking truth the truth of the word of god david said in the book of psalms why are you cast down oh my soul why are you at turmoil within me listen maybe you've been asking that question why why do i continue to struggle Why do I continue to feel overwhelmed? Why does it feel like darkness is overwhelming me? Maybe you're asking the same question as David. But David lifted the sword of the Spirit and he said, Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. He began to rehearse who God was, not what he was feeling. He lifted up the sword of the Spirit and said, Hope in God, I will praise him. Listen, do you know the only reason I can stand here today and preach a message in the midst of overwhelming circumstances is because I know Jesus. I know that he's my hope. I know that it doesn't matter how I feel, how tired I am, how overwhelmed it may seem. I know who Jesus is, and I know he's fighting on my behalf. And you need to know this today, but there's gonna be times where you get tired and where the sword gets heavy. Listen to me, friends. This is what the church is for, Nicole Gurley. There's gonna be times where the sword is heavy and you're gonna need people to get on either side of you and help you lift your arms because you can't do it by yourself. And you're not alone. You're not alone. Can you read this verse with me, girls? Fear not, for I've redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. You get people around you who are going to lift your arms, and they're going to speak the truth of the word of God over you because you are not alone. You did not have to fight this battle alone. Thank you girls. I just believe I'm going over my time frame today and everything because I just I feel so strongly that the enemy has tried over time to rob you of purpose, to rob you of joy. I just know that there are people in this room today and you are struggling and your heart is overwhelmed. And you need to know that you're not alone that God is fighting for you. He is chasing you down. He is your defender. He's got you in the midst of your darkest moments. And I just, I just like everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. I really believe that there's some people in the room who desperately needed the words of that song. You need to know that you have a God in heaven who is chasing you down. He's chasing you down in the middle of what feels like the darkest night, in the middle of what feels like this could never look up. I just believe that God wants to fill you with hope today. And I don't know every ounce of your story, but I believe that God does. And I believe he moved heaven and earth to get you into this room today, to have a moment where you hear him saying to you, you are not alone. You are not alone. And if you're here and you've been struggling, maybe it's with feelings of depression. Maybe it's feelings of anxiety. Maybe you're just feeling so overwhelmed. Maybe you've heard whispers of, suicidal thoughts. Maybe you've made a plan and and you haven't shared with anybody yet. Hey, I believe that today God wants to meet you right where you are at. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here and you could use some prayer today, can I just take a moment and, and ask that if you need some prayer, would you just slip your hand up so I know who I'm praying for? All over the room. All over the room. Anybody else? Lord, I just come before you right now. I lift up each and every individual that's here today. God, I believe that today, God, you are reminding us that there is hope. That you're coming to our rescue. God, that you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. We are not alone. So God, for every person in this room that is struggling, that is feeling so overwhelmed, God, I thank you that today you're reminding them, Lord, that your word says that you lift us up out of the miry clay and you place our feet upon a rock, a rock of safety, a rock where we can fully trust because you are God and you are in control. So God, in Jesus' name, I ask that you would fill this room with hope today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, every eye up here for just one moment if you're here today and you've never started a relationship with Jesus I believe today is your day I don't know where I would be if it weren't for knowing Jesus in the moments when I am the most overwhelmed in the moments when anxiety sits heavy on my chest in the moments where I don't know what to do next, all I know is that I have a God in heaven who loves me and I can trust him. And I, I choose to place my hope there. And if you're looking for anywhere else to place your hope, I'm just here to tell you that it's probably going to let you down. Jesus is the answer. He's your hope, and maybe you're here and you've never started a relationship with him. I believe today is your day, and maybe you're here, and to be honest, you've just been running from God, and maybe you've been angry at God because it's been easiest to point your finger and blame towards him than to deal with all of the things that are going on inside, and I'm just here to tell you he can handle that, but he also has hope for you maybe today's the day you need to say yes to following him. So I'm going to pray for us all just one more time. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? I'm not going to ask you to get out of your seat. I'm not going to ask you to pray out loud. But if you're here and you need to start a relationship with Jesus, I'd just like you to have a conversation with him in the quietness of your own heart and let it sound something like this. Dear God, I know that you're real. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for giving me hope. Today I'm making a decision to follow you. And all around the room, if that's you and this is your decision today, let these words be the cry of your heart. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Please email us at info at theocmovement.com. And if you were not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Please send us an email at info at Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.